That's right, folks. Your queer, blurdy podcast where you get all your gay and geek news. I'm Nick. And I'm Victor. And I sound tired. <laughs> hey, yeah, you do sound a little tired, but we won't go into that too much. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and we are joined by a very, very special guest, a co-host of the All Podcasts Matter podcast. Hi everybody, my name's Ken. Thank you for the uh, the introduction. Two specials. Oh. I'm, I'm touched. I'm honored. <laughs> We're glad that you can join us on our yes. episode today. So, how is everybody this past week, week and a half? Um, you know, just uh, enjoying being black in America. I'm tired, like you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. It's too much going on. It is too much going on. I just got back from being in the East Coast. Um, I had to visit some some schools in uh, Baltimore and Silver Spring and and Virginia and D.C. I got back and uh, that's a long trip from the East Coast to the West Coast. Uh, and right now my ear is clogged because I have bad sinuses and allergies. Ouch. Yes. So tonight I have to go home and put a dryer to my a hair dryer to my ear and hopefully that will unclog. <laughs> <laughs> what would you, you say you was on uh you was in the Baltimore area. Mm-hmm. And you know something else is happening in the Baltimore area oh, very very what, soon. What is that? Uh, you know what? It's this thing <laughs> I I think you might have heard of it called like Universal Fan Con. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I've heard a little bit about that. I'm pretty excited. About yes. It. You, you know, it's this part of this fan con, this Comic Con that's supposed to be going on and it's supposed to represent all inclusion from the LGBT, from women, from disabled. There's a lot of people that are supposed to be there. It, like, looks, it looks amazing. Yes. It. You know what? It's going to be off the hook it better be 20, because 24 7 like a yes. con, if you will right basically and it's gonna be warm i hope it should be warm because i want to be outside <laughs> you know yeah i have to start planning you know what i'm gonna wear because if it's cold then you know yeah you know do you need but, to pack the fur or do you need to you know Right. Do I need to get my sable out? Yeah. <laughs> or, or do I need to, you know, wear the romper? Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's always appropriate for a romper. And, you know, it is. It is. What are you all looking forward to as far as FanCon? <clears throat> Honestly, I'm looking forward to um, meeting a lot of Twitter associates. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be like almost like a high school reunion. Yeah. Right. That nobody we, we never nobody met. went to the same high school, but yeah. it's high school. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like homecoming. It's gonna be like that homecoming dance yeah. of the two different counties. Or, you know, everybody's gonna get there and it's gonna be neat, it's gonna be exciting, it's gonna be wild out, like it's gonna be a lot going on. So it's gonna be I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm excited for the food. To be completely honest. Yeah, they got some cute stuff in Baltimore to eat. They got that nice seafood place that I've, I've been to a few times. Is it down by the convention center? Mm, it's a little bit further down. It's on the pier. Okay. Well, you know, if I can get some crab cakes, I will be a happy Well, you camper. can. But they got another cute restaurant, too, around there, too. I forgot about that. Um, they, they, where we at, it's a very nice area. So we'll be able to kind of... You know, Uber, unless you feel adventurous and you want to walk all the way down there. But besides that, um, yeah, there, there's a lot around there. There's a lot around there. Okay, okay. I'm looking forward to that. As am I. And as always, you can go to universalfancon.com to get tickets. You can use the offer code Shane the Con to save a little bit of money. And there's still we're still announcing guests. There's still some possible meetups going on. There's a rave that's going on that's hosted by uh, Hodor from Game of Thrones. Uh, there's a meet and greet for him. I know you have to pre-order. It's a very limited amount of space for that. I think the tickets are uh, $125. All of that information is on the website. Mm-hmm. 
So, like I said, go to universalfancon.com, get more information. You can get your hotel rooms there. But let's get into Aunt May's teas because we have a lot to discuss. Yes, we do. So, let's see. Let's get into um, the, one of the big news that dropped kind of last week, um, and people are still talking about it. Kristen Wiig has been officially cast as the cheetah in the upcoming Wonder Woman movie. Um a lot of people have their are in their feelings about it. Um, you know how Twitter is. Twitter's always mad about something, but um I, I thought it was a I thought it was I think it's a pretty good choice. I'm not really upset about it and if she since she is playing um the second cheetah, well the technically the third cheetah, because um, there's four cheetahs. Um, but she's playing the third. She's playing Barbara, Doctor Barbara Minerva, and so I was like, okay, I can see this. Um, I was actually fine with it. Uh, I I don't know how to feel about it because I know that comedic actors also have a certain level of dramatic acting in them mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. But I think I said this last week or the week before uh, mm-hmm. last on our uh, previous episodes. Mm-hmm. I always imagined Cheetah as a person of color. Mm-hmm. Not uh, not as far as like a, a sister, but mm-hmm. maybe a uh, Latina mm-hmm. or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see what how this goes. And there's still room to add more people like uh, Giganta, um, maybe like Nubia. Mm-hmm. But I think the the movie is supposed to be set in the eighties, right? In the eighties, and something to do with Russia. Okay, because yeah, yeah, because yeah. I was thinking change. if they added Giganta, then mm-hmm. it would should have been set in maybe like the fifties or the sixties, because you know you have the the onset of nuclear war and atomic mm-hmm. war, you know, with the the atom bombs and all that jazz mm-hmm. it would be more that route but mm-hmm. you know they can go different ways as mm-hmm. far as adding more characters yeah. more villains and then more heroes uh king what do you think um i'm trying to be positive about it i mean i like kristen wake as an actress um obviously she's known for more of her comedic roles and uh i'm hoping that it won't be kind of a cg mess yeah eventually eventually in the film because that's kind of what dc has been doing in their films as of mm-hmm. late True, I um I mean I've seen Kristen in some of her dramatic roles. She's done like a couple, um, which she's really good in. So I do trust that she will deliver that. And also, I, rem- I have to remember that she was trained to do different types of mediums. So she, I mean, if y'all remember, she I think it was was it the the Grammys or something when they when Sia did Chandelier. She danced in Chandelier. She was one of the dancers. Uh-huh. And you know she's been trained in that, so I'm I I believe that she would do a good job. Um, what I hope they do right is how this cheetah is introduced. Now this is as I said before, this is the third cheetah, and and George um, Perez run. She she is transformed using this plant god and using blood and all that stuff to become this this um, to become the cheetah and I think the story behind that has always been very interesting um, I do hope they move away from the Russia thing because right now Russia is not it's just not the thing to talk about in that type of setting so I they have time to move away from that I, I would love them to revisit um, I think I said this last week too that if they revisit the time that Diana discovered the other Amazons the ones who left the island and went over to Egypt uh, or around Africa, the banners, the banners, and just kind of go and meet them. That's where we could see Anubia, or we could see more of women of color. But it also kind of match up with the whole thing of that plant god, which I cannot pronounce the name of it. It's an interesting name, but that whole plant god that Cheetah uses to change. It, it, it would just all be kind of an easier route to go. So I hope they leave that Russia thing and kind of do that. But I trust Patty, and I think she's having a little bit more of the writing. But she's playing a little bit more of a role within this movie than just directing it. So, yeah, she is a part of the screenplay team mm-hmm. along with Jeff uh, Johns and David Callahan. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> I can see we'll see. Answer some of the criticisms from the first one, Roman, as far as representation of people women of color. Yeah, I would like to see that too. Yeah. 
We'll see. You know, it's it's <laughs> way too early because we haven't seen anything. I don't have they even started filming? No. Um, right now she is Patty said this today because she was, you know, cheering on Ava for Wrinkle in Time and she said they're just doing prep right now. So Okay. okay. So like pre production yeah. type stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I I feel like if any of these teams within this universe is gonna get something decent, it's gonna be them. So I feel like they're gonna probably take note of what's been happening between, you know, Black Panther and everything and just be like Okay, this is an opportunity to get us back on track again. Once again, I have to save everybody. And so, hopefully, she's <laughs> going to be like, let me just sit here and get this right. I feel like Jeff Johns will kind of work with them too to make that happen as well. Right. They just will arguably have the best DC entry in the DC mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, we'll see. So what else do we have? We have a new picture of Dark Phoenix. So, <laughs> so what we got to see was the crew. I've spoken to you guys about this, but I kind of imagine. Uh, <laughs> so what we have, what we have is the picture of the crew. Um, now they're wearing kind of the new X Men, the comic that came out in the early two thousands. Um, they're wearing that those costumes. If y'all remember those, and that was written. Um, all his names slipped my head as soon as I said the name, but that was a very interesting time of the X-Men. So, yeah, they had those black outfits. Um, that's when Jean died. That's when Emma and Scott got together, blah. And so um, they're wearing those suits, and if you look closely, you can see the Storm has this... Um, uh, she has um, that pineapple wig that um, Mary J. Blige used to wear back in the early 2000s, too. You can kind of see it, a little bit of that. But we saw that. So we saw that, and we see that, once again, Raven will be leading this team, will be a part of this team. I was told leading the team. Um, So it was a small picture, but it... I, I still struggle with how they mix and match different genres. You know what I'm saying? And these movies, it is never right. You know, not saying that the that the real Marvel universe, you know, do it right too. But I feel like we could have got something better. But they've given us the new X Men type of outfits, and who knows? But the rumor is we're going to see something about Dark Phoenix um, at Comic Con. So be prepared. Yeah, I know what you mean about using and mixing and matching from one era of the X Men. Obviously, putting with the Dark Phoenix. Yeah. And it's just weird to see them use this new era of X-Men costume, which was kind of designed after the live-action movies, like, reflective of those designs. So it seems sort of cannibalistic and itchy to use those X-Men costume designs with movie designs again. Daddy! Michael. (laughs) (laughs) You just had um, that that moment that that professor had. (laughs) Right. But, you know, the, I don't know what they're trying to do over... I I do not have faith that they will get this story right. They're not. I already can tell from you From the costumes, from the storyline, I mean, they will have to really turn the party in order to for me to change my mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they really will. It'll just be a mess. That's what I'm expecting. And... You know, like I said before, I'm going to always say, I'm going to be right there at this theater. I'm going to have a Tamar look on my face. You know that meme of her just in the crowd. Just, Side eye in the hell yeah, now. I'm going to be sitting there like that. I may go to one of those cheap theaters, a $5 one, and sit there and live tweet it. I have been threatening to do that. I may go and do that, or I may use a free pass and go to one of those theaters and just sit there and just live tweet it. If it's just like me and two other people. <laughs> but I will do it. I will do it. I really don't want to see this opening night. I might pay for something else because I don't think the X Men films deserve our money at this point. Exactly. It's you like, know what? They need to quit making them because we, ain't nobody. It's like we. It's like we know that the real Marvel is going to get them. So I feel like y'all need to just quit. I know y'all trying to be greedy, but you plan. You plan yourselves. <laughs> just like just. Just don't. Just don't. I feel like they're just need to keep their jobs at this point. 
<laughs> I guess. Basically. I guess. Yeah, like if the when uh Marvel gets all these properties over, they're like, okay, so who do we keep keep on and who do we terminate the contract? All of them except Laura, the little girl from Logan, and oh, uh, yeah, and sexy daddy, uh, Cable, and that's about it. Oh, you can keep Deadpool too. That's true. You can bring him over. <laughs> but yeah, and, uh, I don't. Oh yeah, Zazzy beat. Yeah, and bring her too. You can just you can yeah. bring you can bring that universe, that part of the universe, but the yeah, just just everyone from that film. Probably. Yeah, and you can bring yeah, Halle Berry there. She can be um, Stevie Hunter. There, she, <laughs> she can be Stevie Hunter, and she don't have to. She can wear her, um, you know, her HR wig. <laughs> Quick HR wig. So she can wear her HR wig or her, or her um, traffic wig, and and that and that'd be just fine. A shake and go. Yeah. Oh goodness. Um, let's go on. <laughs> so, Black Panther is still killing it at the box office. Mm-hmm. It was still number one this past weekend, and it had opened in China to about I would say like sixty. Seven million. That's right. Mm-hmm. This past weekend, mm-hmm. which brought it over the one billion dollar mark. Yes. And now this was the the first weekend, the first ever that two black directors have had the number one and number two movies with uh, Ryan Coogler with obviously Black Panther and then Ava DuVernay with A Wrinkle in Time. Now some people were saying that oh Black Panther's too black. Uh. And I'm like, okay, well, girl, it's a <laughs> country in Africa, so what the fuck do you expect? Yeah. And a lot of Asian um, critics were saying really crappy things about it, but I'm like, okay, so if it's all this, if it's so, such a bad movie, then why didn't it open number one over mm-hmm. in your market? Yeah. And also, we kept seeing the same, like, where we're going to have our Asian Black Panther Latino and, and and it's funny to me because again it comes back to some of these non-comic people. It's like you have tons of characters within your culture that already represents something similar to Black Panther or if something else. So I feel like y'all need to just just investigate your your that world more, and you'll find there's so many characters. I I mean for Latinos you got El Dorado, you got Wildcat, you got. Um, Firebird, you know, if you want to get Asian, you, Asian, you have so many. Dr. Light, um, Jubilee, <laughs> um, Sunfire. I mean, there's just so many characters that y'all have. Maybe not at the caliber of Black Panther, but you have you have plenty of characters um, to go with. So I want y'all to investigate and um, really investigate and just kind of get into those characters and uplift them. If you want to see something better from them, then you talk about them versus trying to do this but I, it's not to rain on the parade the the whole deal is the fact that this movie hit a billion now the only movie that's done that within the marvel universe was the avengers so this is this is a powerhouse and i feel like at this point everybody who's trying to have a, a comic cinematic universe needs to just have a, a retreat and really analyze what they're really doing because now there's other like Rob Linfield, his little raggedy universe got sold to Netflix. Um, and if y'all don't know about Rob Linfield, a lot of his stuff yeah. is copycats of other characters. But we won't get into that. We'll we'll let him have his little fame. Um, Valiant also has their universe out there too coming out. What I would suggest in DC, Lord have mercy. This is their time to sit down and really, really, really you know, evaluate what they need to do because we can't have any more fallouts like we've seen so far. And with Black Panther setting the trend, it's basically setting the bar. I think you said this last week, Nick. It, the bar has been set to the point <laughs> that you have to either do better, either at that level or better now. Uh-huh. Black Panther actually out, outgrows the, the Dark Knight at this point. Like the seventh highest grossing film in the, yeah. in the US now. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, you don't even have to go 
as far as other ethnicities representation i mean look at coco coco yes uh the animated pixar movie what did so good at the box office and it told the story about the de los mortos yeah so i mean there's stories out there for di- from different cultures yes and to say that oh black panther needs to be this to black people to asians to latinos to disabled to i mean no. You can take from it what it is, but at mm. the end of the day, it's a story for black folks. Yes. Exactly. We had that conversation this weekend, kind of explaining that to my other friends of color. Yeah. Right. Representation is so important, but at the end of the day, you can enjoy it on any level that you want to, just playing the other superhero from, from that black. Exactly. Yes. And I, I think that, again, because there's so many, I mean, not like it's like pouring all over the world of different characters of, of a different races and background but the ones that you do have those are the opportunities for you to again uplift them but also be inspired to create new ones if you need to again some of y'all come from very beautiful background like have very beautiful cultural histories and folklore and mythologies that you can play on it, it doesn't make any sense for y'all to be that stuck on it to where you can't go into your mythologies and just pull up some stuff like i said el dorado even though, you know, he was into Super Friends and it wasn't that much about him. There's a lot of mystery of about him enough you can recreate him into a great character. So I just feel like, come on, y'all. Y'all, imagination is free. Use it. <laughs> uh, Robbie Reyes looks like he's going to be joining the Avengers in the Marvel relaunch. So I hope he's going to get a TV show pretty soon. Hmm. And I will say, going along with the whole Black Panther thing, we see that Kevin Feige, I can never say his name. I think it's, I think it's Feige. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said that, you know, he can see a spinoff with Okoye, um, which I can see that. We can have the Midnight Angels. We can have some of their adventures, you know, in some ways. Or have Nakia join up. Like, we can go on her spy adventures. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they want to do, like... Because, you know, there's been talks of that whole uh, Marvel women teaming up. That could be a moment where, you know, Nakia's out there doing her work. She runs into, you know, Black Widow doing some of similar stuff. And then for help, she's calling in, you know, Okoye and the girls. And they come in helping out. And, you know, it could be all this like, spy stuff. And then, yeah, it could be a bit of Supernatural. Where we get a little bit of Valkyrie and all the rest of them jumping in. Like, it can be done. But I'm very excited to know that Okoye could actually have a spinoff. That's one of the things I love about Black Panther so much is that Nikita and Okoye clearly had their own adventures happening before T'Challa had arrived. So I'm excited about Faki just going ahead and uh, saying, you know what, you guys can have what you want and I'll secure the bag. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, go ahead. Uh, don't talk about it. If you don't, if you say that you want to do this, then go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't tempt us. Because mm-hmm. you know you already got our money. Mm-hmm. Regardless, so just go ahead and do it. And don't, don't half play. step. Yeah. Don't yeah. Allowed, just go ahead, and, go ahead and start making it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think Kevin is smart enough to know, like, he sees this money. And I think he sees it. he saw the outpouring of support and love we have for these characters. So I feel like if he's smart, he'll be like, you know what, I'm going to set something up. He's going to be like, I'm going to set it up. Y'all just need to show up. <laughs> and hopefully he will get it correct. And, you know, who knows, he, he may get Ryan to do this or he could recruit other people to do it. It could be, you know, women doing this. So who knows? But I'm looking forward to see what they may cook up with this. I don't want them to go so deep where we have all these super spinoffs of Black Panther. I, I, I do believe you can't you can run a good thing to the ground. So I, re- I want them to do it carefully, um, but mm-hmm. really full of quality. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I don't want, like you said, I don't want all these spinoffs and then you're like, okay, which, which one is which mm-hmm. and who goes with who and who's Zoom and who. Yeah. I'm like, then we're going to have a spinoff of that Rhino and I'm going to be like, okay, girl. I'm like, <laughs> right. <laughs> the misadventures. Of that farm. Uh, Mr. Rhino. <laughs> I need an animal raising simulator with uh, the animals of Wakanda. Basically. They like, would, too. Come on, we don't need all that. The animals of Wakanda. 
<laughs> Sounds like a video game. <laughs> then it'd be hookers at the point in Wakanda. Let me quit. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do we have in Aunt Mace 2? Well, we got, uh, well, Luke Cage, the season teaser did come out. So we got a little bit of what's to come. We kind of, you know, it's going to be an interesting story. And I feel like um, uh, hopefully this season will step it up because Jessica Jones came out this weekend and I'm still watching it. And it's it's okay. It's not like the, it didn't wow me like the first season, but hopefully the second season of Luke Cage will deliver. But if, did y'all see the teaser? What did y'all think of that teaser? I did see it. I'm pretty excited about it. I noticed that the other one in it um, said, uh, get paid like men get paid. My was that a reference to uh, him doing some hero work for hire, maybe? I'm hoping so. Yeah. Oh, that might be true. Yeah. Mm hmm. We do know we do that Misty will have. I'm sorry, what was uh, that? I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah. I have to go through the first season to see, again, to see where they left off. Because, you know, with so much stuff out, you watch it and then you really don't retain any of it. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I have to get through it again. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm excited. But when is it supposed to come out? Did they give a date? They did. Is it in April? I think it, I want to say it's in April, but I'm probably wrong. Check that out. Well, soon. It's coming out soon. <laughs> it's going to have to. <laughs> it's going to have to come out. a strong season because I've been kind of disappointed by the last couple of Netflix uh, shows. I heard that Jessica Jones was not, this second season of Jessica Jones wasn't as good, mm -hmm. especially when it came to women of color. No, it's... Mm, like I said, I haven't watched it all, so I can't really give a lot into it. Right now, one of the women of color is a hooker. <laughs> That's um, June the 22nd is when Luke Cage will come out. So I'm totally not next month at all. But <laughs> at that time, um, it will be um, before Comic-Con. So we'll, we'll probably hear a little bit more from it during WonderCon. But yeah, Jessica Jones is, is okay right now. She's investigating how she got her powers. Um, but um, it's, like I said, I have to come back to really talk, after I finish, to really talk about it. Yeah, I've been doing it so far. I'm about three episodes in. How many episodes? Three. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started the first season of Jessica Jones, and then, for some odd reason, I stopped. I think when Killmonger was just now getting introduced and I was like okay I'm kind of done with this I mean you mean kill what you call it I know you're talking about kill grave yeah kill grave. I can't what <laughs> wait a minute that's funny you know what I meant <laughs> no that's funny that's two characters kill kill grave kill monger they gotta change the names up a little bit <laughs> right and stop naming uh, villains Eric right everybody's <laughs> Eric what's wrong with Eric well Walter <laughs> well, a villain named Walter. Um, let's see. We are speaking of just more stuff. There are new rumors out here. Um, coming out from going back on DC. So there are new rumors that they may be really thinking of a vixen. What was that? For, li for live action? Yes. Again, this wow. is a rumor. This is a flat-out rumor. Wow. That'd be amazing. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either because I feel like this is just... <laughs> I think this is kind of that buzz you put out trying to keep people, like, thinking about you, you know, in some ways. So that is something that I... Uh, I don't know. But that was a rumor that... Who'd you, who'd you hear that from? Was it from CBR.com? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw it in a few places. I, I saw it in, um, sometimes I sneak over to Reddit and I look at um, certain boards and I kind of saw that. And I also saw it on Tumblr. Tumblr is an interesting space to go to, too. But Yes, it is. 
<laughs> but yeah, there is a rumor about that. But also, it's um, they said they may also introduce another character of color in Shazam. Um, not just Black Adam, but another one. My only thing I can think of is Isis. Um, but who knows how that's going to go. But because, again, her name is Isis and what we have now. But um, there's just these rumors. And there's just a lot, but I, I feel like DC is putting out rumors just to keep themselves relevant right now, but I... Poor DC. Yeah, I think we talk, we talk about them every week. <laughs> I want them to do better. I want to see them do well. In order for them right, to... I'm, yeah, well, in order I'm, for them... I'm just got the message, don't, please don't cat with us again, we don't deserve this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for them to do well, they have to they have to clean house. That's what they have to do. They have to do. Or, and I know people gonna come for me for this. They need to. They need to have a a strong core, and I think one of the strong cores is Joss Whedon. Um, That people, I said this today on Twitter. People love. It's hip to hate on him right now. But this man has receipts, like a like a mofo. Like again, this is the man who delivered Marvel their first billion, because he did the Avengers. Like he he gave them that. He gave them that status. And of course, you think of Buffy, you think of Firefly and Angel and Dollhouse. So he has the receipts. I think if they get him, a few other people involved, um, especially women of color. Um, they could have a good willing house. Okay. And how does Joss... Okay, so he's done Buffy, he's done Firefly, mm-hmm. and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So how can building those kind of worlds translate to DC? Because... I mean... Granted, he's talented. I'm not going to give that away from him. Mm-hmm. But he can't do it all. That's what I'm saying. He has to have other people um, to help him um, the same way he had people help him with Avengers. So that's why I feel like, I mean, he could come in, you know, wagging his tail and someone, because he had, like I said, he has the receipts to do that. But I think he needs to have people like maybe some more, some more stronger comic people. Like he, but then again, he did write the X-Men comic at one point. So he has all these backgrounds. He just needs more of it to help grind him or in, and challenge him. Yeah, right now I don't think the DC Universe knows how to build worlds together. And that's where I think Joss Whedon can play a big hand. He is responsible for the Marvel Universe, I think, at least getting to this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they can right the ship after so many wrongs. You know, they're already going in three or four different directions and it doesn't seem like none of the worlds are or none of the movies are in the same world yeah so it's like it's everybody's telling their own story and none of it is cohesive yeah and like we've said on past episodes they saw what was working over in marvel and were like oh we have that's our Marvel, DC, we have to compete with them. And they're throwing everything on the at the wall thinking what will stick and nothing is sticking. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't... <laughs> they don't pay me to write their, <laughs> to write their wrongs. Sure. But that's, that's, where, that's where I think like Josh can probably help. Because I don't think... I don't feel like they don't think forward. They're just thinking... Kind of like what you just said, like what was what's gonna work and what isn't gonna work. Yeah, just try to try to think forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in the now. They they're really in the now, and they and who knows? We could be totally wrong. They could they pro, they probably did have a a springboard of ideas. I just think they need to have a person to to can who can help them execute it correctly because you're right like you think about Suicide Squad and how that just felt like something totally different like yeah they had Batman in it and they had Flash in it but they still felt like they were not in the same universe when you thought about like you saw Justice League there was no reference to any of that or you know it was just like "Mm, okay or when you think about the criminals who are trying to build the Justin well the Legion of Doom again it's like okay so 
who then? Who is a good story and world builder now that will be able to help out DC? <laughs> they need somebody like Shonda Rhimes. They got Shonda Rhimes money. They they should have somebody's money. <laughs> if they if they let go some of those white guys, they can have Shonda Rhimes money. But they need to find somebody who can do that well. They can look into who have written arcs in the comics, like Gail Simone. They can look at her. They can look at, you know, hell, Roxane Gay already said she can bring get some of these people on and sit down on the table and just have at weekend retreat of discussion. You know what I mean? Just see what comes up. Because they've had all these people who've done these raggedy-ass action movies. Because um, Zach has been riding high on 300 for the past 12 years. And I'm like, you can only do that for so long. You just need substance. And then... 300 was very uh, homoerotic. Yeah. But I was like, this movie is gay. Like... It, <laughs> <laughs> Like, but you can't write on that forever, though. Okay. And so you can't write on that forever. They, Jeff Johns is a great writer. He's a good writer. But that's a difference. Like, that's different. That's like me. Like, I can, I think I can write a good script, but then can I write a good action movie versus a good horror movie? Like, you know, you have to know where your lane is and make sure you can find people who can stick into that lane and make sure they have a track record. Not somebody who did a music video and a documentary. <laughs> but you know, somebody with some good track record because that's what that's what's making Marvel a little bit more stronger. They find people with, with pretty good track records, and some of them didn't have like a huge resume, but enough to where they was able to prove themselves. You know, because if you didn't do well, Marvel let you go. Like we like think about it. Think about um, when they the first Hulk movie. Well, technically the second Hulk movie. What's his like name? The, the very, very first one. No, the or... the, the second one. Okay. Because they got rid of him <laughs> once he got okay. once he kind of got out of line. Um, they was like, "Well, thank you, but we gonna go with Mark Rothlo." <laughs> and uh-huh. you think about Terrence, you know, Terrence. Who knows what the true story is? But if the if one of the stories about him, you know, getting a little bit too hype, they'd be like, "Oh, well, thank you. We gonna bring in what's his name?" <laughs> Marvel is good at cutting cutting the cheese like they they will cut it quick to be like okay we're not gonna have this we're gonna move forward and i feel like that's what dc hasn't done is they don't know how to be like okay we're gonna have to let they they should have said to zach okay this is what you gave us thank you you can still sit on the board but you can't you're on the bench but but you can still be in here but we got somebody else like they needed to have done that Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, Nick, tell us about Drag Race because I know. <laughs> okay. So this is going to be uber quick. Uh, all right. So the girls were given a challenge. They had to do a movie motif of uh, girls' trip, bridesmaids, uh, all these different rom-coms or girl ensemble-led movies for uh, for the, the main challenge. Uh, the only one that really stood out was Shangela and Trixie, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it came to that they're actually a top four instead of a top three. So it's uh, in between the four people left is Shangela, B.B. Zahar, Benet, Trixie, and Kennedy Davenport. Um, now, next episode, they're supposed to be, the eliminated queens are coming back yet again to judge the folks. Now, I don't know if the eliminated queens have the power to vote who's the winner. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was clear as far as the uh, the preview of last time, but We'll see what's going on this Thursday. I know uh, in this the past episode of all people, Nancy Pelosi made an appearance <laughs> in the the episode, which was okay, whatever. Um, urging people to get out and vote, you know, doing that. 
But they could go ahead and they could have wrapped this up maybe an episode ago. Yeah. Because it feels like I've seen uh, videos and analysis saying that this season of All Stars, it feels rushed. Some of the queens that they wanted to get were too busy. And so they were left with like slim pickings because a lot of them, a lot of the queens said they wouldn't do All Stars at all. Because hmm. that type of environment because you're closed off from everybody you don't have any kind of electronics like the shootings are start and stop for like eight ten hours yeah so they put you into this box of unknowns and then you have all these limitations and then you have to do this and you have to do that so you can understand why a lot of queens didn't want to come back for that yeah but at this point, it's only between Trixie and Shangela. I don't see BB or Kennedy winning. Really? In my mind, uh-huh. they won, but they don't have enough challenges under their under their belt. Hmm. And I'd still say BB is still a um, a sleeper agent. I don't think she's there for competition. Yeah. But then I was thinking about that. I was like, okay, if she's not there for competition, then she should have said that she's not there when they brought the girls back for the first time. Because that would have been another challenge for them to... If if BB said that she really wasn't in for the competition and she just did it just to do it because of Rue, then they could have brought Morgan back and then they cut a bar Aja back. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Maybe BB's doing this just to remind people who. Because it's been a while. So I think maybe... It has been. I think like 2009 was the first season. Yeah. Of Drag Race. And you know I was. Shit I was still back in school. So it's been a hot minute. Has anybody known of BB? Yeah, so that's why I'm thinking BB probably did this. Like, I need to remind these hoes who I am and all this great stuff. Which, and and you know, in PR sense, that makes perfect sense. Like, you know, that's like a perfect thing. Like, let me re- let me as the first, let me come back and remind everybody who I was. Right. And me, yeah, and like, get my book like we said before, together. you know, they guaranteed all these kind of bookings. Mm-hmm. You know, they get to be able to travel around the U.S. and around the globe. I mean, hell, I saw a couple of weeks ago that Kennedy and a few other girls were down in Brazil. <laughs> so you get you get exposure like you wouldn't believe, even if you don't win. Yeah. So um, we will live tweet the finale this Thursday along with Black Girl Nerds at 8 o'clock. You all can use the hashtag drag y'all to follow us and tweet along. And we're also going to tweet the season 10. It's, damn, it's, yeah, it is. Season 10 of Drag Race when it starts on March 22nd. Mm-hmm. Use the same hashtag and it's going to be us and along with Black Girl Nerds as well. All right. Well, I think... Now, King, oh, go ahead. King, do you watch any Drag Race? No. <laughs> I do watch Twitter. You should watch it. I think it's it would give you a uh, what's it like for an over for the unincorporated like myself. Let's say what? What's it like for the unincorporated like myself? Think of it as Project Runway, America's Next Top Model, mm-hmm. a makeup competition. And America's Best Dance Crew, all in one. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that but but I'm right, right? You have to have all these things. Yeah. You have to know how to. Well, you have to have some kind of costumes and a, to know how to do costumes. You have to know how to do makeup. You have to entertain. Which it could be from comedy or dancing or you know anything in between, so I think that's a good mixture of shows to describe 
RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Do we have anything else we, to get off the, the tea table? I don't think we do. I think we can go ahead and close up shop because I can't really think of anything else crazy that's happened. Um, well, in the geek world, in the real world, uh, everything uh-uh. is falling apart. It's not that type of party. We're not going to go there. We just know that somebody's house is burning down, but we'll just leave it at that. He better, I hope his resume is together. All of theirs. <laughs> right. How many people got fired today? Four, five? I know. That was before 10 o'clock. <laughs> that was before 10 o'clock this morning. That was. I was like, it's not even 10 o'clock. Half people not even at work yet. <laughs> well, Rex Tillerson, you can always go to Indeed.com to... <laughs> Find Zip- out of fine applications and Zip jobs. Recruiter. Job. Monster. Monster. Career builder. <laughs> 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 so let's go ahead and take a break and we'll be back. All right. Universal FanCon is a brand new convention coming to the Baltimore Convention Center in April of 2018. FanCon will be a round-the-clock event featuring comics, cosplay, gaming, celebrity guests, music, and more with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Get your tickets now at UniversalFanCon.com because geek is universal. All right, we are back and on our king size issue today, as I said before, we have our special guest today on Podcast Matter to talk about something that's very important because we are still struggling with this. So we're going to talk about being vulnerable, being, you know, open and being black men. Why is it all that is a hard mix? Why is it a big deal? So we're going to have a, we're going to really, uh, we're going to really get into it today, tongue tied, um, to talk about that and why is being vulnerable so hard for us? Now I have an idea why, but why are we still holding on? to some of the things that we're doing. So let's get into the conversation. Okay. Well, to answer the first question, I think we hold on to a lot of things as black men because society tells us that we have to be one way. We have to be, you know, void of emotions. Mm -hmm. We have to be this uber-masculine dude and that is a facade that is easily broken. Mm-hmm. I also I, oh, go ahead. I think that your childhood can affect how you view the world mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um I guess it kind of plays into the way I was raised also. Um, my dad always taught me to be sort of, and my grandpa, like, like you said, void of emotion and, and stoic and not really sure how, uh, how I'm feeling and that a real man never cries and that all those sort of vague stereotypes that we're supposed to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because I I feel like I grew up overly emotional. <laughs> like I, I feel like I grew up in a single um, parent home at one point but I was also being raised by my grandmother and my great aunt. And so, you know, I'm watching soap operas with them. I'm around them. They're full of emotion and full of, you know, life and spunk and everything. And then I'm also watching too much TV. So part of me always felt that I was over, overly emotional um, to where I was able to express that. I was, I was never, I, I remember being told to stop crying because I'm a boy by my uncles and I remember that feeling of you know like how, how do you stop I mean I was like I remember thinking like how do you stop I can't stop um, but how do you stop crying how do you do that stuff and I but I realized that was something that was happening with the other boys in my neighborhood they were you would hear their fathers or their uncle or, or the boyfriend tell them to stop you know you're a man it'd be a man and I'm like I never understood that, so I've always took the fact that I, w- I grew up around women as a blessing to where I was able to be dramatic, if you want to say it that way, to, I guess, understand my feelings more, because um, I feel like I was more into my feelings at an early age than most boys were, and I feel like that because of the way society has placed us, 
that's a that's a rarity that we can just be that dramatic or express those things at a young age. We were told to be different, and so yeah, I agree with what y'all saying. It's we wasn't really allowed, but for those of us who were allowed, we paid a price for that because we were basically considered the sissies and the faggots for expressing our feelings that way. Mm-hmm. And I know for me growing up, you know, I was raised by a single mom with a couple of sisters. And we, I mean, we weren't told not to hold in our emotions or whatever. And my mom allowed, you know, this type of freedom with your emotions. But I think that because when we were exposed to other children and how being gay was wrong, we kind of internalized that gay and trying to turn off being gay. So turning off being gay means devoiding us from any kind of emotions or any kind of signals that would deem us gay. Mm -hmm. And for me, it got to the point where that I had turned it off so much that it took me so long to turn it back on. You know, because I know my mom has always said that, oh, Nick, when you were young, people gravitated towards you. You were, when you can, when you were opening up Christmas gifts, you could scream and everybody would want to know what you had. And then all of a sudden something that just clicked or had turned on and you had just stopped doing that. And that, along with not having a father, well, not having a supportive father, had let me, it had um, really let me not be that open with my emotions. And I'm just now, I feel like I'm just now starting to get around to doing that. That's and it's of, hard. No, it is, it is. And that's sort of where I am too, learning. Learning it's okay to be open and express myself. And that's what healthy adults do. Hmm. I, I think, as I was saying, I feel like I was feeling a lot of emotions when I was young, but I also think I felt them too early, you know, to understand them and to process them. And I didn't have that male figure completely in my life to be a, a part of it. I was thought that I needed that balance, which I don't know if that makes any sense, but I feel like I needed to understand what it meant to be a man. Um, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that that type, what what does that mean? And so I always felt like I was always at one side more than the other. And I always felt like if I had a balance, it may have gave me a little bit of difference. But I feel like I learned to be tough because I had to, to be myself, I had to be tougher. Does that, does that make sense? Like if I wanted to be the me that I thought I should have been, I, I had to be tougher. And that's where I think at one point in my teens, I did be begin to turn things off a bit because I feel like that because I was so free, um, there was a price you had to pay at times. And I feel like I had to be a little bit tougher or to prove that I could be tough and not uh-huh. only dramatic, if that makes sense. So I feel like, like you were talking about, Nick, there were, I think like there was a time where I did have to turn it off, but I luckily was able to turn it back on, you know, before, when I got to college, I was able to kind of go through my emotions understand a little bit more and understand who I was um, and meet people like-minded to where we were always expressive. But it was interesting to meet black men in college who could not express those things and, 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 and use alcohol or fighting or violence to express themselves where all <laughs> what I, what me and my friends were able to do was, you know, listen to a Madonna CD and we had all our feelings, emotionals and our emotions out. But <laughs> to be around straight black men and to see that was not their elixir, you know, that was a process or an interesting thing to, to to witness. So I guess I've always been curious about how deep though I, I knew for myself when I turned it off, I was able to get back into it. But 
luckily I didn't, it didn't start so young with me. I always wonder like, what is that process for straight black men to where they just can keep that completely off or use it in a way that's not really progressive or, or helpful? Um, I guess to that point, I guess it's something you have to unlearn mm-hmm. or learn how to do is express yourself. And I kind of wonder why like, either other males or uh, father figures, uncles, whatever, would, would tell you not to express your emotions. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just, they just know or have experienced that the world, the world is harsh, especially for black men. And showing any sort of weakness will let people know that you're vulnerable. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I thought, I guess. But really showing emotion only hurts yourself. Not showing emotion only hurts yourself in the end. And that's not a good thing to keep things bottled inside like that. Yeah. Some people don't really learn that it's okay. Maybe people haven't taught them how to express themselves, or maybe they don't know how to. Uh, it's taken me a long time to learn how to express myself. Yeah. That's something I've worked on uh, in the last couple of years. But I and don't just know, know, I, and just to know that it's okay to do that. Yeah. But I don't know where, I guess, and I'm basing this from social media, but I don't know where a lot of men get that, get so comfortable being that closed or that ignorant. You know, I think of that picture of Ryan Coogler and uh, Michael B. Jordan, where Michael's like kind of cuddling his head, and you know, people all of a sudden like, "Oh my God, they look so gay, man! They look like this." Blah blah blah. It was just so much resistance from that picture, and what I saw was like, "That's brotherhood. That's two men celebrating each other's success, but also trusting each other. You know, putting their putting their faith in the, in in a fate in their hands, and." It was almost like these black men were very comfortable being ignorant about that picture. And I guess I would love to know, like, what makes them feel so comfortable in being that ignorant? Does that make sense? Oh, it definitely makes sense. Or, or, or why would they... I, I love that photo. Yeah, I love that photo, too, because that's, that's, that's the type of black love we need to have. We need to have that. You know, you think about, like, the, the 70s. Like, Marvin Gaye was saying songs about us looking after our brothers. And even Diana Ross had a song about brown babies and everything like that. You think of that era when we were big into black power and black movement. And when I saw the reaction from black men over that, over that picture, it was like, you forgot you forgot where we have been to get here, to where these two men can do this. And that's how I looked at it. I looked at that as like, you forgot all the struggles we had to do to get to a place where two black successful men can do that today. And that's why I was like to go back and look like, you know, think about the past. It's like, we fought to get to a place where we could be, you know, successful together. And then all of a sudden, here y'all come in talking about, not saying anybody here, but I'm saying here y'all come in, um, you know, talking about how gay this looks and not looking at the fact that we should be proud of the success these two brothers have and they should be exactly. able to express exactly. that. I, I, think, I think a segment, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, um, I stick my chest out when I see that photo. It makes me proud, it makes me happy. They've done, they've done so much good work together. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. Uh, all around, good films that were made. Obviously, work on Michael B. Jordan and a lot of them. But we can't be afraid to show love to each other, and that's that's important. It's it's healthy. It's it's uh, it's, a, it's a natural to have. All love isn't sexual. I think we we just need to know that, and that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't be afraid to express love toward toward towards men. That's that's totally okay. I think maybe people are afraid of that. I don't know. I think it comes from, you know, because it comes from a place where you're not happy with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you always project. If you're mad about something or jealous about something, you always project it when you internalize it and you're upset or mad at yourself. I know I do that a lot. Mm. And I think that black men feel like they have to put on this big facade when they're hurting inside, you know, whether it be from a less than ideal childhood, whether it be from society's strain, whether it be from anything else, 
or whether it be from, you know, a mental disorder, whatever. I think that a lot of black men have made up in their mind for whatever reason that this is what it is to be a man and anything that deviates from that is either weird or in our term and for us victor gay yeah but how do we move how do we get our community to move out of that like what is what will it take for black men to get out of this um i think we need more more photos and more actions like that um I'd like to see that just uh, anybody, I guess, um, people in the black community, like, we, can, we can start ourselves. I guess some people, it's okay. Strong children, it's okay. Uh, that's okay, love your fellow brother. And, it, and it's good and encouraged. And you should tell people how you feel about them. Uh, give people flowers while, while they're here. People need to smell them. Let them know that they're great. Let them know that you respect them, that you love them, that you care for them. I think there has to be some resolution as far as what happened in the childhood because I know for me I didn't I didn't have any kind of resolution with my father and that hurt and to this day it still hurts you know therapy can help a lot with that talking to you know, if it's your friends, if it's your family, if it's somebody professional, talking it out helps. Yeah. And admitting that you don't know it all. Yeah. I, I, I do think it has to come to, I think a lot of, and you know, black men have to understand where we come from and our struggle to understand that they have the freedom to be themselves and to be free. I feel like because of the way the system has been for many years, they many black many black men don't know how to free themselves. And I and that's the one thing I always love about I, I, I tease about being gay is because I feel like I have that ability to be expressive and free in myself. And I take from what I from what I've learned about our history to where that is something for me to like, we will not repeat that. We will not go back there where we have to move forward. I would like to see black men kind of look at the history of where we've been and where we're going and really let that be a way or a catalyst for them to be free to be like, you know, I don't have to be this way anymore. I can be more than this. I can be expressive. I can be emotional. I can be free. I think it's time for black men to embrace that freedom. Um, I, you know, to throw Black Panther in if you want to. That showed how men, you know, there were scenes in it that show how men could be free and show their emotions. You know, you saw T'Challa be very emotional about what happened to um, Killmonger and all that and the, and the whole family history. Or we saw a little bit of those things to where it's it's okay to cry. It's okay to be expressive. It's okay to be free. We have, history has taught us that we, they have fought for us to have these, to be that free. You are allowed to be that free, if I'm making any sense. And so I really want black men to look at all of that, embrace that, and just let things go. Who are you trying to impress? Your boys, please. No, you need to only impress yourself. They just as messed up as you. I know. If I worry about every all the girls <laughs> who were following, you know, I, I, I said this the other day. I said, you know, don't waste your time being bitter and jealous. You know, get yourself together. Fix yourself. You know, do what's best for you. At the end of the day, you're going to be the one who saves yourself. So you need to be able to get that together. And I really want black men to do that because I think once many of them realize that it's more than this world than getting laid and trying to, you know, floss and all these things and realize that there's a lot more to conquer in this world and embrace in this world, we can move forward a lot faster. Yeah, just there has to be something that 
you know, I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to figure it out, to be honest. No. But I'm glad we just kind of had this this discussion about it because it's it, it's not that we're going to solve it today. It's just we want to talk about what we observe. Or, or, but what can we? What can start? What can we do? Like, you know, what what needs to be? I don't know. It, I I want this conversation needs to happen within our community. You know, just like. Yeah, I, yeah, it's not going to be solved today, but I do feel good about the direction it's going in. Yeah. Um, don't even people hear this might have that conversation afterwards. Maybe, you never know. Um, as long as we start having the conversation, I think we can move towards the direction, towards uh, rectifying the problems that we have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is a very deep discussion and we've got, we're probably gonna have to do like a episode a second part to mm-hmm. this or something yeah we do but i think we kind of start the stuff at this time right and king thank you so much for being on the podcast can you tell everybody where they can find all podcasts matter and just a little bit about your podcast too um, our podcast matter is a podcast about politics, social issues, movie news, and reviews. And Keanu Reeves, you can find us at allpodcastmatter.com. You can find us at All Podcast Matter on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, and SoundCloud. And wherever else you get podcasts. Awesome. And you can find Megasheen on Twitter at Megasheen Pod. I'm at Porter Pizzazz. Victor is at Wonderman5. Yep. You can follow the podcast on Facebook at The Megasheen. We're also on Instagram at Pod. Visit our new website, megasheenpod.com. Let's see. Like we said before, get your tickets to Universal FanCon at universalfancon.com. You can use the code SheenTheCon. Save some money. Um, I think that's about all. Anything yeah. else before we get up out of here? No. And thank you so much for coming on. It's a yeah. pleasure. Yes. I think that's it. I think that is it for the week. So hopefully we are still a country by the end of the week, but we'll see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs> right.